welcome back to Love in Action, our podcast-based study of Romans 12, produced by Autumn Ridge Church's Women's Ministry Program. This is Svea Mary, Women's Ministry Director, and I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be going deep into Romans 12 with you over the next several weeks. I memorized this chapter with some friends several years ago, and I found the wisdom in these verses truly to be life-changing. It deepened my love for God and also for others, and especially helped me to learn to love people that might not be easy to love. Jesus said that his followers should be known for their love. So I can't think of anything better for us to study than to learn to do better what pleases our Lord Jesus. And since Romans 12 is practically a how-to manual for how to love others well, this is a great place for us to invest some time over the next weeks in this scripture. Last week, Jan Wright and I presented some introductory material for understanding Romans. We talked about its author, the Apostle Paul, and that he wrote this to the church in Rome, a church made up of a blend of Christian Jews and Gentiles. We did acknowledge it's a bit unusual to jump into the middle of a book in a Bible study, but this chapter really does start a whole new section, a part two, if you will, of Paul's letter to the Romans. The whole first 11 chapters are focused on the theology of the gospel story, of God's loving mercy in saving us and making it possible for us to be in a peaceful relationship with him. But now, chapter 12, our study launches from those first 11 chapters into a whole new section, a really highly practical description of what it looks like to love God and others in light of what God has done for us. So in this series, we are excited to make the most of this podcast format by bringing you not only great teaching of the Bible, but to do it in the form of a warm discussion. And we hope that each week as you listen, you not only learn more about God and His Word, but you also feel a little bit more connected with the women of our church. So joining me today to launch our discussion of Romans 12 are two dear ladies, Angie Pankratz and Michaela Park. Angie, as many of you know, has been a teacher for women's Bible study for nearly a decade now. And Michaela is the leader of one of our largest and most popular women's Bible study small groups. Angie, Michaela, I am so happy to have you here with me today. It's great to be back, Savea. Thank you, Savea. So let's do this with no further ado. Let's dive into these first two verses of Romans 12. I wonder, Michaela, would you read them for us? Of course. Uh, This is an ESV. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Thank you. I I love these verses. I teased a little bit last week that these verses are truly the foundation for understanding the rest of the chapter, and I'm excited to to go through that with you, and and hopefully it'll be evident why that is the case. Um, So I think a great place for us to start with that is something that you've taught me over the years, Angie. You've (laughs) often been the one on the teaching team who says, whenever you see a verse that starts with therefore, you better stop and consider what the therefore is there for. Exactly. You want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, that word really tells us a lot. It indicates that this chapter is really hinged to the previous 11 chapters, as you mentioned, Paul is explaining in those 11 chapters to the Church of Rome that their salvation is no longer a result of their obedience to the law, but it is a gift from God. 
And when you consider that, that in view of all of God's mercies, that now we're going to look at how we live, it really changes the context of this chapter. We aren't saved because of our obedience and sacrifice, but rather because we are saved, because of God's mercies, we are compelled to obey and offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. It just changes basically the context, and we need to keep that in mind when we consider it. Otherwise, we could just look at this chapter as a way to live like a good Christian or how to um, just perform our good deeds. But we need to remember that this is really a thankful response for all that God has done for us. When you look at Romans 5.8, we are told that God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we were still his enemies, that while we were sinners, he died for us. And in Romans 6.23, he tells them that the gift of God, it's a gift that it is eternal life. And so when you consider that what we have received, we have not earned, that that is now affecting how we live, or at least it should impact how we live. And we have these responses that then we want to honor others and put others above ourselves, that we can be patient in affliction, not because we want to look good or because we want to earn our salvation. But again, it's just in response to what Christ has already done for us. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple things you said there that I would love to bring out, and and maybe we can talk about a little bit. You talked about how this really informs our motivation for for how we respond to God. Um, I remember recently hearing someone talk about how fear is such a negative motivation. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want your children to obey out of fear Mm -hmm. or, or concern that maybe they won't measure up, but we want our children, we want other people to, to respond to us out of love, mm-hmm. out of, out of positive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you see that, Angie, kind of Absolutely. playing into this? I think that we have to understand first who God is and what God has done for us. If we want to change our hearts, and it really, it is always about our heart and our character. And so that really is not going to change or it's not going to come natural until we see what God has already done and through the cross and his gracious response to a people who were so distant and enemies of him. And that's what's so beautiful that Paul has been taking us through these 11 chapters of deep theology that you and Jan discussed. And he's making it known that this is just such a free gift of grace, not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentile. And so that we just need to respond to it and receive it. And one of the ways that we do that is just through a natural, thankful response, and then we can move forward in the chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, you said another thing that I want to bring out too, and that's um, it gets to why I was saying these verses are so important, because if we start off this chapter with thinking that this is telling us what we do to be a good mm. person, a good Christian, we're going to completely miss the whole point of this mm-hmm, chapter, mm-hmm. but rather that this is just the natural response of what is a rational way of approaching God because of what he's done for us. Right, because there's some chapters here. We've talked about this. There's some verses where an unbeliever could agree with, right? Who doesn't feel like we should practice hospitality or to be kind to our enemies? But when you consider that we're doing this in light of what we have already received and what Christ has done for us, it really changes the context for us of why and how we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love how you're already, you're naturally bringing in verses that come later in this chapter. With, with I've been studying there. the whole chapter. Yeah, no, I'm glad to hear that. But uh, but I think, you know, you're getting at, again, by bringing in chapter or verses that are coming forward, we're going to be 
referring back to these verses one and two as the foundation for understanding the whole chapter over and over throughout this whole series. Mm -hmm. Because really the takeaway point from verse one, and, and we're barely even breaking the surface of this yet, but is what you were saying about in light of everything that God has already done for us, mm -hmm. this is how we respond to him. So um, I think that's the first point that we want all of our, our uh, listeners to really hang on to is that to approach um, this chapter is to recognize God's already shown such incredible mercy and love to us. Mm -hmm. And so now what we're about to study from here on out is just a natural response to that. All that from just one word, therefore. There you go. Yeah. Just therefore. <laughs> well, why don't we try the second word? No, just kidding. We're going to jump forward a little bit um, further into verse one after um, Paul talks about the therefore I'm appealing to you, brothers in the ESV, brothers and sisters. It's it's certainly meant to imply all people, just all the, uh, not, not a gender, but even a warmer sense of the family of mm. Christ, that uh, what he's first asking for us is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is kind of a strange term, isn't it? Seems like an oxymoron a little bit. Most things that are sacrificed are killed. Uh, but mm. uh, but many of the, the commentaries that I read studying this said, don't make too much of the idea of a living sacrifice. Everything is alive when it is sacrificed. But True. the beautiful thing that's in here is that it really is implying an ongoing process that if we are offering ourselves as a sacrifice to God, it's not something we do once mm -hmm. to say, okay, God, on this day today, I will offer myself to you. But this is an ongoing daily thing. That Die to are, self daily, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes. That we are offering ourselves to him. Mm -hmm. um, maybe would you guys help me flesh that out a little bit, no pun intended, <laughs> on, on what it looks like to offer ourselves um, daily to God. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's interesting that um, that Paul says to offer ourselves is, is in taking initiative. Mm -hmm. You know, God's not demanding it, mm -hmm. um, but we offer ourselves because it's, it's what we choose to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's not just parts of us, like our money, our gifts, our time, it's all of us. And, um, you know, you can, you can say as our whole body, the way we walk, you know, what we walk with God, the way we speak, you know, it's, it's in God's truth and, um, what we do with our hands, we help others. I mean, I kind of see it that way. Our whole bodies, um, is a form of worship. Yeah. That's no, so absolutely. Cool. And I think you said very well why it makes sense that Paul would say that by offering ourselves as a sacrifice, this is our form of worship. Um, the The words here in, in either the ESV or the NIV translations don't fully get to the meaning of the Greek word, but the Greek word here for, for the form of worship is a logikos, which has the sense of being logical mm -hmm. or rational, mm -hmm. where Paul's really saying, this is your only rational response when you recognize what God has done for you, that to offer yourself back to this kind of loving, merciful God who mm -hmm. can save you mm -hmm. <laughs> is really the only rational thing you can do. Mm -hmm. And Michaela, I love the point that you made that Paul's not saying um, that this is something that is already done to us, but it's rather he's he's imploring us, he's urging us mm -hmm. to do this mm -hmm. um, as as worship, and and that that makes it worship, yes. right? Mm -hmm. When we're we're offering this to God um, as a form of worship, uh, just a beautiful thing. 
So help us out here, gals, a little bit. Um, you know, where can we find an example <laughs> of what this looks like? Because it's, it's one thing to just say, so we offer ourselves daily, but... Uh... You know, I was thinking about this, and at Christmas time, I like to give my kids public school teachers gifts. And especially during the year of the pandemic, when they have done so much and done it on unique terms with my kids who are at home. And I'm not giving them a gift so that they give me one in return. And I'm not giving them a gift so that they keep on teaching my kids. I am just so grateful for what they have done and for the way that they continue to work in my kids' lives. And I was thinking in just a small way, this is like an analogy to what this chapter is about and how being a living sacrifice is our thankful response to all that God has done for us. We're not doing it so that we earn his favor or that we can get any more of his grace, but we're doing it, like you said, Michaela, as a form of worship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that word worship we just like to think of as maybe like it's a time on Sunday when we're singing songs, Mm -hmm. but really our lives can be a living worship example, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout the entire week. And like, you may want to just only sacrifice certain parts, but we try to offer all of our lives, whether it's our money, our time and our talents. I think God wants all of it in response to what he has done for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, um, let's move forward on to verse two and talk about this idea of not being conformed to this world. But being transformed. Mm-hmm. Um, Michaela, I know you had some thoughts on this. Yes. Um, well, the difference um, I found out, which is supported by the Greek text, is is really the difference of being molded by external influences, mm. which is conformed, mm. versus undergoing a deep inner change, which is the transformed. Mm-hmm. And as Paul writes, um, this transformation happens by renewing our mind. And... Um, and so what does that look like? Um, and as I was thinking about this, um, I thought, well, renewing our minds is really saturating, you know, how we think and what we think. And the Bible says we should think about things that are true and honorable, pure, lovely, excellent, p- worthy of praise. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more immutable than God's truth. Mm. And um, and his truth is rooted in his word. And so really our us being Jesus followers, that we need to renew our minds with his word through scripture reading, um, wrestling with what's there, mm-hmm. asking questions and studying it. And Bible study and fellowship and prayer are all important ways of, of um, understanding um, his truth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was thinking as you were saying, that that list um, from Philippians about the mm-hmm. different things that we're encouraged to be thinking about and renewing our minds. Mm. Boy, those things feel foreign in so much of our world right now. Our world mm-hmm. is just filled with so many things that are are frightening, that are right. oppressive, that are filled with strife Untruths. and conflict. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, it, it it's almost clearer than ever before the difference between what the world is offering our minds mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what God is telling us, this is the kind of thing that you should be thinking of, mm-hmm. of, of both qualities, but also in that sense of, of keep your mind grounded on the truth of God, right. on, mm-hmm. on his peace and who he is and what a difference that makes. Mm-hmm. Good. Some good examples, too, you mentioned of how we do that. 
you want to say more about that? Is yeah. there? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just thought that was good. Do you mind reading those again? Because oh, that's just so practical to be like, okay, I want to be different. I want to have a transformed mind. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how do I go about that? And mm-hmm. so I, I just like the many examples you gave. Um, you're talking about Philippians, right? If, or just even how to be transformed through reading the scripture. Oh, oh, right, right. It's, it's, I think it's just immersing ourselves in, in God's word through Bible study and fellowship and prayer and worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, um, I think more importantly than that is God has sent a Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to speak to us, to teach us and to remind us and to even intercede for us when we don't know what to pray. That's mm-hmm. powerful, um, right? So we have a lot of things, you know, that are for us. We have a lot of tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One kind of cool thing, that, uh, going back to, to kind of the, studying the the true Greek words of this passage is that both the sense of being conformed and the sense of being transformed are both very passive words. They both acknowledge that there's a lot of these things that are done to us, that the world is trying, as you said, to mold us and huh. shape us That's into the way that the world wants us to be. And yet to be transformed by God, it's not something that we necessarily have to work super hard at doing ourselves. It's God's work. Like you said, it's the Holy Spirit wants to open our eyes and change us from the inside out. Um, So I think you're right on with the list of what we need to, or the the ways of renewing our mind that Mm -hmm. we want to fill our mind with God's truth. But there is a beauty in that um, that there's this mad, this the synergy with the spirit, where yeah. the spirit is transforming us. Mm-hmm. I um, think, like it or not, we're going to be influenced, right? It's yes. either the world that's going to influence us, or it's just God's word and the Holy Spirit. And so there is that tension. Yes. But I think we all like to think, oh, we're going to be individualistic and we're going to do our own thing. But I think the reality is, is we are going to be influenced one way or the other. Yes. So let's talk about the end of verse two a little bit. Um, the the idea that our minds are going to be renewed in God's truth, and that the Spirit transforms us into the the new um, the self that God wants us to be, gives us this this end of the verse into the joy of then being able to discern the will of God. Mm-hmm. Um, we all want to know what the will of God is, don't we? Absolutely. There's going to be a lot of books on that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I think, um, I think that it's, it's important to, to remember that when the Bible says here that, you know, the will of God that is good, acceptable and perfect, that we don't become transformed thinking that we are going to be good and acceptable and perfect. Mm. But, but we, become transformed because we delight in God. And um, in so doing, we reflect him who is infinitely good and perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean that our motivation is to, to understand God and be transformed yes. rather than to try to just acquire a life that looks a certain way? Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and I think um, understanding um, God's will I, doesn't automatically give us insight into what, how we should live our lives with every aspect and detail of our lives. Like a glass um, ball you're looking into and you can figure out every little detail. Right. And <laughs> it, he what color car to buy <laughs> exactly. and what I should wear tomorrow. What diet to use for 2021. Yeah. <laughs> Which person to marry, what college yeah. you know, should my child go to. I don't think that God puts us in a position where we have to try to figure him out. Mm. Good but point. he gives us the tools 
um, to understand, you know, who we are as a person, our character. And then we make choices. He gives us free will. We make choices based on that. Do we worship him with how we behave, how we live our lives, what we say? Or, you know, it's how, how would we use that? And, and, um, and uh, I don't think it's supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it says right here in the text that as our lives are transformed through our minds being renewed, then we can discern what is good and acceptable and perfect, or in the NIV, God's um, good, perfect, and pleasing will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what better framework could we possibly have for making decisions in life than to be able to discern what would God find good? Yes, and, I love uh, that. Not just yes. what would the world say is good, but what does mm-hmm. God th- say, this is the perfect way to live right. um, so much more than the, than the world would. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe it already, but we are running out of time. This It, wow. it just flies by every time <laughs> we, uh, we get to enjoy recording a podcast. But uh, I want to thank you ladies for digging into God's word with me. I feel my mind renewed <laughs> a little bit more just from talking about these scriptures, and I hope that you do as well. Um, I want to just ask you listening, do you hear, and from what you're hearing, why we're saying that these verses are the foundational truths that we want to mm-hmm. keep coming back to as we study Romans 12, the, this idea that what is essential for us is to recognize that this is all based on what God has done for us, the mercies of God, and that our only rational response to what God has done for us is to want to offer our lives as a living sacrifice to him. And the joy of that is that we know God through renewing our mind and that we can know what he finds good and acceptable and perfect. And that protects us from the way that the world wants to shape us into Mm -hmm. something that is far less good, far less acceptable, and definitely not perfect. Mm -hmm. So that's why understanding these verses is really going to be key for us as we go through this study, because we don't want Romans 12 to seem like a how-to for how to be a good Christian and earn (laughs) God's approval of you. That is missing the point entirely. Mm, But what we'll look at (laughs) is, is the beauty of a natural response that flows out of us in the way that we love God and love others because of the way that he has loved us. Well, next week, Heather Henderson and Jennifer Burden will join me to study verses three through five. And remember, you can find discussion questions for what we've talked about today at autumnridge.church on the page for this episode. And then there's also a study worksheet on the same page for next week's verses, verses three to five, if you'd like to study these verses ahead of time before you listen. In the meantime, we pray that as you reflect on the mercies of God that he has shown to you, that you will give your life to him and that you will let him transform you according to his good, pleasing, and perfect.